0: Bum, bum, bum. Howdy. You're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkoski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. Davey Crockett, William Barrett Travis, Jim Bowie. These are the best-known heroes of the Alamo, and their sacrifice, along with their compatriots of that old mission, would set the stage for the final decisive Texan victory at San Jacinto. But without the visions and actions of one man, the Alamo might never have been in Texas hands at all. Today we're talking about Old Ben Milam. But first, what's your favorite Bucky's treat? It's easy, it's Bucky Bites. Bucky Bites are delicious. They're terrible for you, but they're pretty darn good.
1: They always remind me of giant
0: corn pops.
2: If I could eat corn, I would enjoy them.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, Well, lately, um, my go-to snacks on the road when we stop at Bucky's has been uh, a cup of Bucky's coffee and then one of those little sausage and cheese cups. But I really... Really love their uh, fresh, uh, freshly fried uh, potato chips. Those are good.
0: Yeah. We have a fine assortment of hot nuts as well. (laughs) Hot nuts. (laughs) Well,
2: well, I'm going to go with clearance priced Arctic cups and coolers. So thanks, Yeti, for winning your lawsuit and forcing Arctic out of business.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah can you eat those i mean no is that really
2: that's a not snack? a treat
0: though i mean like it's treat. Piece, it piece. is
2: a treat at the original at those prices that's for yeah. sure
0: mm-hmm. okay. you might say it's a delight and good it's value a yes i'm gonna make you eat one of those stupid coolers next time i see you 80 <laughs>
2: percent <80% laughs> off is a 80 percent off is a treat anywhere you go
0: yeah and for those who don't know bucky's is a giant mega gas station refueling stop no truckers allowed yeah uh and it's pretty cool Who was Ben Milam? He was a veteran of both the War of 1812 and the Mexican Revolution. He was a driving force behind the early parts of the Texas Revolution, and ultimately his rallying cry at the Siege of Bayar helped ensure that we have a reason to remember the Alamo and its hallowed role in Texas history.
2: Benjamin Rush Milam was born in Frankfort, Kentucky, on October twentieth, 1788. He was the fifth of six children. Ben had little formal schooling as a child, and he enlisted in the 8th Regiment of the Kentucky Militia as an adult. He was part of this unit for several months during the War of 1812, attaining the rank of lieutenant. After the War of
1: 1812, Ben and one of his friends floated a large shipment of flour down the Mississippi River to New Orleans in hopes of selling it. The demand was weak when they reached the city, so they combined resources with some other traders and chartered a schooner to try their luck in South America. That voyage ended up being rather disastrous. The captain and most of the crew died of yellow fever, but
0: Milam and his friends survived. Milam next learned of trading opportunities with the Comanche in the Upper Red River region and moved to Cohia y in 1818. While there, he met another notable figure in early Texas history, David G. Burnett. Burnett had arrived a year previously from Louisiana on the direction of his doctor, who said the air in Texas would do good for his tuberculosis. On his way near the Colorado River, Burnett fell off his horse. The Comanche came to his aid, and he ended up living with them for about two years as he recovered. Years later, of course, Burnett would be the first official president of the Republic of Texas.
2: I can only imagine what a collection of disease and diseases and viruses all these people walked around with at the time. (laughs) Well, I've got tuberculosis. Well, I've got malaria. Well, I have both.
0: I'm one giant (laughs) walking antibody. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well, the following year, Milam was in New Orleans again, and he met Jose Felix Trespalacios and James Long. Now, we've talked about James Long before, and as we know from our previous episode about the filibusters, Long and Trespalacios were planning to help Mexico fight for its independence from Spain. And Milam, who was looking for something to do with his time, apparently, decided to join him because he was always up for an adventure. Long and his men traveled to La Bahia, which is now Goliad, while Milam joined Tres Palacios group and received a commission as a colonel on the way to Veracruz further south as they intended to invade and capture Mexico City.
1: Both forces received less than hospitable welcomes in Mexico. Long easily captured La Bahia, but discovered the people living there were actually revolutionaries and not royalists. So he had attacked his own allies or potential allies. Milam and Tres Palacios met with their own difficulties, and all three wound up imprisoned for their troubles. While in prison, Long was shot and killed by a guard under suspicious circumstances. Milam came to believe somehow that this shooting was part of a plot concocted by Tres Palacios out of jealousy, and Milam plotted to kill Trespalacios Palacios
0: in retribution. A little bit of uh, intrigue in the prison. Bum bum bum. Milam's plot was discovered and he was locked up again. He and his conspirators were sent to Mexico City and held there until the fall of 1822. Joel R. for whom the flower is named, was also the U.S. Commissioner of Observation to Mexico and he managed to get them free that year. While most of the men returned to the United States, Milam remained in Mexico.
2: Yeah, because nothing like a war-torn country to entice you to stay. Well, you know, Milam, and we'll
1: talk about it later, but he, he seems kind of like a wandering guy. He, yeah, He's he not real a- sure where he fits in, so he, he does a lot of uh, wandering. I'm a loner, yeah. Dottie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben was still in Mexico in the spring of 1824 during the adoption of the 1824 Constitution, which formed a Republican government for the nation. He reconciled with his former rival, Tres Palacios, whom he tried to kill, This turned out to be a wise choice since Tres Velocios became the governor of Texas. Milam was granted Mexican citizenship. He was hailed as a hero of the revolution, and he was commissioned again as a colonel, this time in the Mexican army.
1: Outside of his itinerant military career, Milam had business interests as well. In 1825, he partnered with Arthur G. Wavell, an English general in the Mexican army, on a silver mine operation in Nuevo León. They both obtained impresario grants for land in Texas as well. Milam served as Wavell's agent for the Englishman's Red River Colony, while Robert M. Williamson, also known as Three-Legged Willie, served as agent for Milam's colony. In 1829, Milam and old friend David G. Burnett attempted to create a new mining company,
0: but weren't able to raise enough money to get it up and running. Despite Milam's efforts, both his and Wavell's attempt at settlement in Texas failed, because neither were able to muster the contracted number of citizens into Texas. They were stymied by the 1830 law passed by Mexican government that prohibited further migration of United States citizens into Texas. It seems that they were afraid of a rebellion. By 1832, their contracts expired without being fulfilled. In 1835, Milam went to the
2: capital of Cahuilla, Texas, to meet with the governor, Augustin Viesca. He had wanted a land commissioner to provide the settlers in Texas with land titles. Now, Viesca initially agreed, but while Milam was still there in the capital, word arrived that Santa Ana had overthrown the representative government of Mexico and once again set himself up as a dictator. Santa Ana was already marching to Texas with his army to squelch any inclination towards rebellion there.
1: Viesca and Milam fled Monclova, but were captured and imprisoned at Monterrey. Sympathetic jailers let Milam go and even gave him a horse for his escape. Uh, during the process, he happened to run into a company of Texas soldiers under the command of George Collinsworth. It was from Collinsworth that Milam learned of the growing independence movement in Texas and the rising revolution. Milam joined Collinsworth's soldiers and helped them capture Goliath. At the time, he wrote, I assisted Texas to gain her independence. I have endured heat and cold, hunger and thirst. I have borne losses and suffered persecutions. I have been a tenant of every prison between this and Mexico, but the events of this night have compensated me for all my losses and all my
0: sufferings. Milam was still with Collinsworth and his men when they marched to join the main Texas army to capture San Antonio. Stephen F. Austin gave him command of a scout company trying to determine the best routes to retake the town. He was returning from one of these missions on December 4th, 1835, when he learned that most of the army had decided they would hunker down for the winter, rather than pressing the attack and taking San Antonio immediately.
2: Milam was convinced that putting off the attack would be disastrous for the Texan forces and their quest for independence. He went to the tent of Edward Burleson, who was now commander of the Texas forces. To ask permission to get volunteers to attack the city. Burleson, who wanted to preserve his men and his command, didn't want to go, but he had little choice but to agree. It was going to happen with or with his he was going to happen with or without his blessing. Milam then gave a plea to the gathered forces that would become famous. Who'll go with old Ben Milam into San Antonio? three hundred men answered his call.
1: Milam and his men formed up at the abandoned Zambrano's Mill, also known as Molino Blanco at three AM that night. Burleson held the soldiers who had not volunteered in reserve, while Captain James C. Neal opened fire at dawn on the Alamo with two cannons to distract the Mexican soldiers. Milam and Frank Johnson each took charge of a group of volunteers and engaged in house-to-house fighting to retake the town. Ben Milam would not live to see the Texans take Bihar. On December 7th, while observing the San Fernando Church Tower with a field telescope, Milam was shot in the head by a Mexican rifleman and died instantly.
0: Milam fell into the arms of Samuel Maverick, the man from whom the term Maverick was coined. Also nearby were fellow Commander Frank Johnson and Henry Wax Carnes. Though old Ben Milam didn't get to see the final outcome of his call to action, it was undeniably decisive. The Mexican army lost 400 men in the Siege of Behar, while the Texians lost no more than 30. The battle ended two days after Milam's death, when Mexican commander Martin Perfecto de Caz sent a subordinate to negotiate a truce.
2: And I believe we learned from uh, Creed Taylor's story that he says he was there when Milam was shot. It's been a while since we talked about old Creed. Well, in 1897, the daughters of the Republic of Texas belatedly erected a monument at Milam's gravesite in what is now Milam Park in San Antonio. The monument was moved in 1976 But Milam's actual grave was lost until 1993 when it was discovered, again, by archaeologists. Now, Milam didn't live to see the day when his leadership and bold demand for action would bear the fruit of independence. Nor could he have known that the very place that he fought to take would eventually become one of the strategic linchpins of the Texas Revolution and a symbol for Texans for generations to come. Without Ben Milam's insight and nerve, he might never have had reason to remember the Alamo.
1: Yeah, old Ben Milam. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Creed Taylor a minute ago, because um, as I was going over this and and looking at all the information about Ben Milam's history, it it struck me that, you know, we've we've talked about how Creed Taylor was kind of like uh, the Forrest Gump of the the Texas Revolutionary history, how he always just kind of find himself around these important events. And Ben Milam was kind of like that in a a much smaller scale. I mean, he, he kind of you know, bopped around. He's like, well, I'll go fight with these guys. I'll go fight with these guys. I'll just stay here in Mexico. And it's like, oh, look, I fell into the revolution and here I am at this key
0: battle. Um, it's pretty, pretty interesting if a uh, short part of the revolution. It's a name you see things in Texas named for a lot. And it's cool to kind of know that, you know, we've talked about him in previous episodes, like the grass fight, and some other episodes where he's shown up. Uh, and it's really cool. I mean, he's... He's a he's a t- kind of a wildcat and a tough tough dude who really uh, seemed to find himself in a thick old patch of trouble every time he turned around. Yeah, and he was old at forty eight. Yeah, and, and you know I also think it's interesting.
1: And, yeah, <laughs> he's uh he's a good illustration of where we talked about how. um You know, a lot of people have the stereotype of the Anglo settlers coming in and stealing Texas from Mexico. And it's like, well, here's Ben Milam, among a bunch of others that came in. Um, At first, he was fighting, you know, for Mexican independence. It's like he was on the Mexican side and he was, you know, was back and forth on the the different uh, revolutions in Mexico. And then he only stumbled into the Texas Revolution. You know, he was trying to be the the impresario and and follow the laws (laughs) and— you know, settle legally and all of that stuff. So he he really illustrates the, you know, the the narrative of how the settlers at first were not all about separating from Mexico. They wanted to integrate and be part of Mexico. And, uh, you know, that just didn't work out.
0: The other character that shows up in this one I think is neat and we talked about in the Rangers episode was uh, Three-Legged Willie. Yeah, Yeah. Three-Legged Willie.
1: Um, I also thought it was funny that, you know, going through this, it's like, oh, here's this guy for which this is named. Yeah, You know, oh, yeah. it's like there's two, there's at least two, is uh, Poinsett and uh, Maverick, Maverick, you know, two mm-hmm. two terms, two things that are part of the everyday language that, uh, oh, just happen to be tied into Ben Milam's story.
0: He just happened to run into these guys. Yeah, I know. It's Again, all roads lead to Texas.
2: Well, and I think <laughs> just about every every name we mentioned has a county named after them too.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Well, in fact, there is a Maverick County and there is a Carnes County. There's a Johnson
2: yeah. County. There's yeah. a Neal County.
0: Yeah. There's well, Spilum I mean, it, that makes sense. You've got a yeah. brand yeah. new
1: country. The brand new is named after Santa Ana. Though. Got to name stuff. What are you yeah. gonna name them for? Well, we'll yeah. name them for the guys that won our independence. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, um, maybe we should start a campaign on our Kickstarter online to get something named after Santa Ana. Poor old Santa yeah. Anna.
2: <laughs> it, it, it was nice to see Carnes again. He's an old friend of ours. Yeah, yeah good old Carnes. Um, so,
0: yeah, this is just a nice little. This is just a nice little uh, ha- tip of the tip of the cowboy hat to an important piece of Texas history. Uh, ben my old Ben Milam. Maybe, yeah. maybe and, like a...
2: Maybe like an L.Q. Jones. Like if they if they filmed this in the seventies, it'd be like an L.Q. Jones type character.
0: Yeah, yeah, that might be good. So you should uh, yeah. you should tweet us your suggestions of uh, who'd be great to cast as Ben Milam. <laughs> yeah, and it's a good
1: like you said. You know, yeah. it's if Ben Milam had not lit the fire into those guys to go into San Antonio, um, maybe we wouldn't have. You know, Texans wouldn't have taken the Alamo, and uh, that whole story that, uh, that whole myth, that whole legend of, uh, remember the Alamo would not have been there to, uh, push the revolutionaries toward the, uh, inevitable defeat of Mexico at San Jacinto.
2: Yeah. I, 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 if Ben had survived the battle of San Antonio, I don't know that he'd still would have made it out of the, out of the revolution because he probably would have been one of those guys that after they captured San Antonio charged down to, uh, Goliad to get ready to invade, Mexico, uh, and probably that's where he would have met his fate. Is is that one of those disastrous battles down in Refugio or San Patricio or at Goliad? So yeah,
1: I mean, his adulthood did seem to be defined by a lot of. Uh, well, I'm going to go for it and yeah. do my best and see what happens. I mean, it it takes a lot of gumption to pack up your, uh, you know, load of flour and try and sell it in South America.
2: Or to go out to the Comanches and just try to set up trading with the
1: Comanches. Yeah. it's like, hey, here's these people that uh, don't know, can't speak the language. Uh, I'm going to try and sell them stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, one last thing, I, I think I got it, Sean Uh Scott. It's got, it's, uh, it's Don Swayze. Oh yeah, <laughs> Don, Don Swayze, Swayze is Old Ben Milam. As Old Ben yeah. Milam in the story of the Alamo. uh oh, that's funny. It's really interesting about like about these guys, just these tough old guys that come out of nowhere that. Uh, they just fight anything for no good reason. Texas draws those characters. It does. draws those characters out. It does seem to. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstaple.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstaple.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. And why not follow us individually too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java.
2: I'm Max Shaw with two N's. And
0: I'm Scotticus. We'd like to thank our good friend James Abendroth for helping us to research and write this episode. You can find him on Twitter at Blackguard Press, and find his fiction work at blackguardpress.com. You know you love this show, so do your duty and tell your friends. And please leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps us out to find new listeners just like you. And if you'd like to support the show financially, please visit patreon.com slash Podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.